0: everybody and welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast brought to you by World Football Index. We kind of missed a pod on Monday, so uh, we, we didn't get to cover of the weekend's debacle, but we'll we'll have a little sort of chat around that as we go along. Joining me on the pod tonight, first up we have in Belfast, John Henderson. Johnny, how are you? All well with you, considering? I'm alright, despite two...
1: Uh- Disappointing results,
0: mm, to say the least. But I haven't been. <laughs> but I,
1: I, I haven't been flooded out of my house in the middle of Brazil, so uh, I'm alright. I'm, I'm not as bad as
0: you. Today. No, it wasn't flooding. It was just all the uh, all the electrical sort of trunking was full of water. We've had so much rain, and over the course of a, a little while, it, it blew. So I've rewired the whole house, but. It's a week off, like, but it's more fucking work. But anyhow, <laughs> joining us also in Berlin, we have uh, Neil Patterson, Neil Chief. Hi, are you, man? All good? Good holiday?
2: Yeah, yeah, very enjoyable. Like, which is maybe why I'm a, a little bit uh, more relaxed about about the situation in general. But yeah, a couple of, a couple of disappointing results, but uh, generally all good. Uh, sorry to hear about your electrical mishaps. Like, I'm glad it's
0: all kind of getting sorted now. Third world problems. You learn to live with them. You learn to laugh at them. <laughs> after a few years, you know, after a few years of tearing your hair out, you just there's there's a, there's a level of acceptance, and I suppose a level of acceptance basically is, is where we are at Liverpool at the minute. Neil, with we've we've seen the five nil drubbing, and and there's reasons for that. Maybe maybe it's a good place to start. Um, you you know, obviously our, our game plan went out the window when when we did look competitive in the game at the weekend there. Um, you know, the Manny Red card, say what you want about it. You know, we can debate it all day long. The fact of the matter is it stands. The fact of the matter is the FA stand over the three-match suspension. Um, And the fact of the matter is there's three points dropped. Uh, you know, if we'd have stayed with 11, I think I think we'd have stayed competitive in that game. What What was what was your thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, a rather unfortunate
2: day, match, whatever. Like, it was, uh, we did look competitive. Uh, we looked we didn't look necessarily at our best, but we got in behind City loads and loads of times. I mean, probably at least five or six times before they scored, and even even after that with, with ten men, we uh, with eleven men, sorry, we we were well in the game. It looked like it was going to be a bit of a bit of a humdinger. Um, we should have scored early on. Salah was wasteful. Mane was wasteful in good positions. Perhaps the runs weren't just quite right. We weren't quite as sharp as we we should have been, perhaps mentally. Maybe that's coming back off the international break. But, of course, it was the same for City. City didn't look that good in the opening period. In fact, we were on top, certainly the five minutes before they scored. And you felt possibly a goal was coming for us. And then, um, you know, a great ball, not great defending. And Aguero's in and he wasn't going to miss So after that comes the red card pretty quickly. Um, At the time, I thought it definitely wasn't. It's still very debatable. It's a 50-51. You can see why it was given. Uh, I think it's harsh that he's been given three games. I think it should have been one, given the the letter of the law. I think the FA extended it, uh, which I think is harsh because there's clearly no intent. Um, He he doesn't see the goalkeeper coming and the way the keeper comes out as well is, is just as reckless as what Mane does. So without the harp on in any way but whether well, there's a chance to stick the knife in the Liverpool the FA is never shy so um it, it's probably not a surprise that uh, the appeal was was denied but yeah I mean I, I think I heard I think it was the Anthony Rap I heard on it uh, those games when it's a uh, top top four or, or uh, top six contenders I think it's top four of the the elite clubs when it goes um to 10 men early in the game when it, when one team plays with 10 men for more than, what was it, 50 minutes or something. Um, the combined, the aggregate score is 44-6 in favour of, um, of the team with
0: 11. So, I mean, those games tend to go one way in that situation. And we weren't kind of stuck because, like, there's a train of thought out there, and I actually buy into it, that, you know, Klopp just threw the towel in on this one at halftime. And you, yeah, yeah, and I have a feeling where we're playing a West Brom or lower league teams, it would have been the same result because I just don't think that that we function um, at ten men.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not convinced about that. I think if we'd been playing West Brom, we would have approached it in a different way. And I think if we'd have been one nil at half time we' have would have approached it in a different way, but conceding the second goal just before half time. And he's looking at it going, I've got Champions League on Wednesday and I really want these lads, uh, my first team, playing in that game. Uh, we're playing against the City side with um, an extra man. We're putting them down already. And yeah, maybe we um, yeah, cut our losses, as they say. You're never really going to be that happy about doing that. And I don't know whether it was as clear cut as that or not. The Salah substitution sort of suggested suggest um, that... That maybe it was, but then there was a suggestion that Salah was maybe not going to make the game today. So maybe there was an injury, or maybe there was he wasn't uh, feeling best, or maybe it was suggested as well. Maybe he lost the rag with him because he missed a couple of chances. But I can't I can't really see that being the case because he was still the most threatening player uh, on the pitch, certainly after after Mane was gone. But it, nobody likes to lose 5-0, but you can sort of write it off in a way. It's it's early in the season. It's a way the the Elihads. It's not going to break, make or break. Where no, you're the, at the, at exactly. season, it's it's just three points. It's
0: just three day. points.
2: Absolutely. So while it's gotten, and while we all went in with, with probably good hopes of winning the game, I think the sending off did change things. As, as you said, you said, you don't think we're set up to play with 10 no matter what. And you might be right. We've never really had to see it. But we certainly are not, and I don't think any team is really set up to play with, unless you are West Brom, where you just have them men the ball anyway. I don't think any team is set up to play against City with ten men. I think they are the worst team you can come up against because they're just pace and and they're clinical and they're precise with their passing and they're slick. They move the ball quickly, and you know once once they're two nil up and you're a ten men, there's only one way that's going to go.
0: No, you, you're right actually, um, you know, I was, I'm, I'm not, to be honest with you, I think the red card killed any any chance that we had, and, and as you say, at that level, when you're playing that level, John, you, you know, you've you got to let those points go and you've got to dust yourself off and, and and get on with things, but up until, you know, and I, and I make the point again, I do believe that we were competitive, John, up until the red card, and we do have a really good record against City, and I, I, there's a part of me says if we had 11 men on the pitch we didn't lose that game and might not have won
1: it but I don't think we lost it there's no doubt the red card was the that was the, the pivotal uh, moment in the match because especially down the side where Otamendi was playing Salah was getting a lot of joy there and we had a couple of of good positions I think I think it would have been a tight game um, but we had lost for a goal um, and that was you know Poor enough, really. There was no pressure on the ball with a, with a high line. Aguero times the run. He's never gonna. He's never gonna miss. For me, I think it was the same as most other people. When when I what, first reaction was, you know, that looks harsh. Then the more I seen it, the more you sort of understood why he gave it. Because um, the letter of the law, unfortunately, intense not even really mentioned in it. Um, it's all to do with. You know the the speed and the force that the players going in with and did he endanger his opponent? And yeah, I can see that. There's an argument as well that the other guy, you know, if Manny gets to the ball first and Ederson takes him, um, which could have happened with just another second uh, on the on the time it took to react. You know, we could have been looking at a red card for him. So it was a very fine margin. Um, Manny went in with his foot. You know, the keeper's gone in with his head. I actually think it was excellent goalkeeping. I mean, not a lot of people have um, probably said that about the keeper, but it was really, really brave goalkeeping. And that moment, that he's been brave, he's, he's hurt himself, but he effectively won the game for his team with, with what he'd done there because not only did it prevent, you know, a slower goalkeeper there, Manny was just in on goal, he, he was out so quickly. Um, he was really brave, you know, and he took the ball. He got the the, the, the red card for for money. So it, it was an excellent goalkeeper, and he looks like a really decisive keeper from what I've seen of him. It might be that Guardiola's found a solution there, but well, I thing, think maybe John. One,
0: I think I think there's still question marks for me in regards to actual goalkeeping duties. You know, it's one thing to be able to distribute a ball, which he does beautifully, but we're, we're still for me the question is still to be answered: how good a keeper he actually is.
1: Yeah, he yeah, looks
0: but, good uh, though, doesn't he?
1: Looks the part. That's a fair it's a fair shot. I mean, we haven't you know haven't seen him being tested hugely. You know, the Everton game he had a bit to do, in the game they drew at home. Brazilian uh, goalkeepers as well, no, John. You know, dodgy. Dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know, that that's it. We we'll find out more about him. But but certainly from a bravery point of view and coming off his line and actually being asked to play with the, as a sweeper, which Guardiola does, he he looks good. I think from then on in, you know, the games I think I don't think Klopp throws in the towel necessarily straight away. I think our heads go. You know, the heads went. After that, the, there was about five, six minutes getting half time. Uh, maybe it was seven or eight, I'm trying to remember, but in that time then up to the whistle went at half time. Our heads were gone. You know, you could see the team were about shell shocked. You know, the reaction was shit. You know, our best player, our, our our best player so far this season, our main threats off the pitch. We've got ten men against the slot. Heads went. There was a lack of leadership there. You know, there was a collective lack of leadership. No one no one really stood in there to, to stay of the ship, which where, was where disappointing. Where our
0: captain at this point, John? Can, can, can you tell us? Because
1: I don't know. Well, I mean, it's a criticism a lot of people are levelling him. You know, that he's, you know, he runs around and he claps a bit and stuff. But, yeah, it's, you know, I think... <sighs>
0: it's watery, John. That's what it is. It's fucking watery.
1: Yeah, well, we're used to uh, maybe a bit more... Substance going go through the years in our captains, um, and and I think that's the you know the lad's been been promoted to the captain. But uh, you know collectively, and yeah, should start with him obviously. That's the point I think of being a being a captain. But there was nothing there, Trent. You know Alexander Arnold was he's a really tough first half. I think it was a a chastening experience for him he's a lot of hype and really so he looks, he looks a player but he, he had a ropey a rugby game he gives you know De Bruyne far far too much time De Bruyne you know are fast missing they're piling up at the back post he, he puts that a, a beautiful cross in. I think then at 2-0 you know it was a case of I think at 1-0 maybe he still would have thought we we can get something. 2-0 with 10 men as Neil says it's the worst team in the league to play with 10 men um, they're going to move the ball. They're going to switch the ball about. They're going to pick a hole. They've got the the best attacking players in the league. You know, they've got just unbelievable depth. And um, and and from there, given that the Champions League game was coming up, Clap has you know taking off Salah was the white, you know was the was the white flag for me. Once he took him off, we we then were sitting, sitting back. And unfortunately, of all the good things that Clapp's built into the team, one thing which we've never seen under Clap is that we are not a team that are. Uh, it's just not in that team's DNA to sit back and contain. And that's a real... You know, there are people who made made the valid point that if it had been uh, a West Brom or a team like that, we we'll keep we we'll keep using West Brom, don't we, without with Pulis? But if it had been a West Brom, they probably would have got out of that game then with maybe 3-0 um, because they're used to that. They're used to just putting everybody behind the ball and just shutting down. Uh, we can't do that, and it showed. And it was a humiliation then. You know, they absolutely... Uh, took us to the cleaners then, which was which was disappointing and disheartening. Um so partly bad luck um with sending off, but also too much of a capitulation, Dave. And I do agree there was a lack of leadership and fight in the team, which was, you know, I I find that a bit hard to take, to be honest, the manner of the second half.
0: Well, as I say, for me, for me, the first question mark begins with your captain. You know, if you're if you're lacking leadership, that's the that's the first place you look. Like, we'll leave the weekend where it was, and and you know, we'll move into the Champions League game, and and Neil again. You know, we were we we fall a goal behind, we claw ourselves back into, it. played some lovely football in the process. it, it may be said, and. It seems like you know we're going out at the minute to try and blitz teams in that first half, and then there's a falling off of of speed, a falling off of tempo uh, in the second half, and, and that's grand if you're maybe two or three in front. But you know we were only a goal ahead. we were already conceded early on, and you know for me in that second half, the the warning signs were always there. They didn't do an awful lot. They only had the two shots on target. They scored from both. Um, you know, I don't even want to discuss Dejan Loveren anymore because there's no point there is absolutely no point in discussing this guy because nothing is going to change with him. You know, we end up with a draw. You know, the other game ends with a draw. It's not a tragedy. It's like the weekend. It's not a tragedy. But what it does do for me, it just it just pricks my fears up because this is something that we're going to have to deal with. We're going to be outstanding at phases in this season. But what we need to accept is that we're not always going to be and you, you know it remains to be seen as well we haven't really played m- very many bus parking teams and whatnot um so far and we don't know what that's going to look like so you know all, all the excitement going into the international break in the space of two games has been completely deflated and, and rightly so but it all comes back to the same problem and in, in, in the defense is just inept and inadequate uh for, for what we need and we can bang on about how brilliant we are going forward all day long, but that's all, all right until you miss a penalty like we did um, on Tuesday or on Wednesday, should I say. And and then you're exposed by, by you know, a sucker punch. And, and this is a real, real worry for me.
2: Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, it was a sucker punch. And when you, when you don't take your chances, you, you know, and you're only a goal up, you leave yourself open to that. But in particular, you leave yourself open to that when you're, when your centre backs, and it is really through the centre, and it's, and it's pretty, you know, when, when your centre back can't keep a clean sheet, when they, when they hand goes away within the first ten minutes, um, when the team, pretty much from from Henderson back, switch switch off from a throw in, um, and it's bang 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 go um, so you always have that, you know. Uh, when you can't, when you haven't changed the personnel, um, and that was a big, that was a big thing for us. We we knew we we're after centre back. We know which one we're after. We understand the the talk that we want to get the one that we want. That that's fine. The reality is we need two, and we all knew we needed two. So we should have got the other one. You know, we should have got the the understudy, should if you like. Um, but there should be another option there. Uh, How does Klopp just, just.
0: justify this, Neil? How does he justify it? You know, look, I am not for one second saying Klopp out. Not in a million fucking years because we'll not do better. But I'm talking about this is an intelligent man, an articulate man. Surely the God he can see it for himself. Surely the God he, he he can he can say. You know, we need to do something here. And whether that be put Gomez in, and, and, and as we spoke pre-pod, let him make his mistakes. At least he might learn from them. This other client's not learning. He's just getting perpetually yeah. worse. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want I don't want to see Klopp going, Neil, but I'm worried. No, he won't go. There's, there's no danger of that. Like,
2: I mean, this is a long-term thing, and it's going to be a long-term thing, and FSG aren't going to budge on it. I mean, they would have to take, and no, should they? It would have to take... A, catastro- a catastrophic drop-off
0: but for anything like are, that. fans have started it. Now, that's my worry.
2: Fans need to just hold their horses uh, when when it comes to the crunch. At the end of the day, you, you can't win every game. And I think, like I've just said, I think there was a mistake made. I think we should have signed another centre-back. I think we all think that. And I think we all think that um, just a, even as a secondary one and, and, you know, get Van Dyke in January or get Van Dyke next year, fine, he's your primary target. But two were necessary and are necessary because two of our first three aren't really good enough to start, neither Lovren nor Clavin. So um, when it comes down to it, we, we have a big problem there. Uh, when you ship two goals a game, people start to blame the forwards. Oh, they're wasteful. They're not taking their chances. They're not ruthless. Enough. Fine, fair enough. Maybe they are. But not many teams score more than two or three goals in every game. Um, so you shouldn't have to do that to win games and I've seen there were a number of mistakes in the build-up to, to, to the first goal a number of things that could have been done better and I've seen people try to lay the, the lay most of the blame at Emery Chan's door, I've, I've seen heard people trying to lay the blame at Moreno's door and really when it comes down to it, the blame is fit fairly, fairly and squarely the big mistake, the big Calamity, the big balls up is Lawrence. You know, that is fucking meat and drink, whatever you want to say, whatever cliche you want to use to describe how easy that is for a centre-back, how any centre-back at any level should just clear that one way or another. How you manage to kick under a ball that bounces about an inch and a half off the ground and simply fall on your ass is is absolutely beyond me. And no matter what, you know, no matter what club thinks, you can't think that Glover's going to do something as, as, as that. Problem does come where you get the penalty and you miss it. And, you know, if, again, a lot of averages, you're going to miss a penalty in a season. You might miss two. Some teams miss five, six. You're not going to score every penalty, but you should be able to win a game that you score two goals in at home, especially against a team. Who's uh, never won in England and whose away record um, in general isn't great, and in in Europe is is pretty terrible uh, in Champions League. So you know you've got problems. You've got problems up top in that we're not ruthless enough. That can come. Um, you've got problems at the back in that we're not good enough, and and the issue there is is much harder to fix because we can't sign anyone until January um so that's where the problem's going to be i've no doubt that we are going to click going forward and we are going to start scoring four five six goals in some games because we have that quality and we showed it last season and we're better this season we've got more pace we've got we're more direct and so on but the issue is we're going we're, we're actually going to have to start doing that because we're going to concede a lot of goals between nine and 10 uh that back that, that that center back pairing is is just Whoever's in there beside Malik is just not really good enough.
0: No, and, and John, you know, we've seen Didi Haman come out uh, on RTE last night and give, give us an opinion, which I, I find really hard to disagree with, that this team is going nowhere this season. And, you know, Roy Keane, the same. And, you know, as much as I hate to, to have an opinion the same as Roy Keane, I can't disagree with him either. You know what I mean? And, and look, we, we're sitting talking about the negatives here. And in that first half, we were outstandingly brilliant. But yet we threw it all away. And I think this is the frustration. This is, this is what really just drives me to the point of distraction. Uh, you know, that we were, we were that close, you know, of, uh, to, to having a decent player come in in the defence and maybe, not certainly not solve all the problems, but certainly maybe in the organisational sense, making us a little bit better. Because I just see calamity there. Both those guys have had their
1: opinion and both are great midfielders and great players themselves. Yeah, you've got to, You've got to respect what they say. Uh, I mean, first of all, I think what we've got to look at is, first of all, any supporters, so-called supporters that are, you know, clamouring about Klopp already. I mean, they just need to fuck off. For me, <laughs> I mean, I find that hilarious. Uh, in his first full season, despite minimal spam. Finished above United, finished above Arsenal, played some football, achieved the primary target, Champions League and all that. He's, he's part of a longer term project, we know that. So just put that to bed. Anyone that's talking and those terms about clap to me is just, they need to go away. As, as you say, Dave, but he's, he's an outstanding manager and, you know, we, we the best certainly that, that we can get. Let's call a spade a spade. The transfer window, I think what it was last night when the team came in. I was just thinking and I was saying to, to to Neil to Neil Devlin. Actually, if you look at that, we've only despite that whole summer of all those links and all those stories, we've added because of where Robertson at the moment's not getting in ahead of Marino. And and rightly so. By the way, on um Marino was outstanding last night, I thought. Excellent coming forward. Um again, I think RTE in Ireland. We're having a bit of a goat merino, which was absolutely ludicrous. Um, they must have all been drinking from the same whiskey bottle. Dolphy
0: was on the panel from what I saw, so nothing yeah. to see there.
1: <laughs> nothing to see there. They must have been passing the flagging round, uh, having some of Eamon's, Eamon's whiskey on there when they were saying that. When you actually look at what we've come out of the transfer window with, we've only signed one starting player, and that's Salah. And he's been brilliant. You know, he's given us a new dimension with that width and pace on the right-hand side. He's a really intelligent player. Not very graft either. But we all knew going into this season that really, you know, we thought at the minimum, Dave, when we spoke about this in the summer, we'll, I think we all thought, didn't we, that we'd have maybe three, four new players in our first team. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's exaggeration. I think that's what we It hasn't materialised. Um, we've got one, as you say, it's... It is a bewildering one, and I understand that the Clap um, is fixed somewhat on Van Dyke. We we can't say that he doesn't know there's a problem there. He was willing to spend a world record fee on a centre back, so he clearly knows that that's a big issue. My issue is, and it's not. I think I, th- I think I've seen it on Paddy Power in one of their one of their sort of joke tweets that they do had said, you know, it's a bit like, you know, having a having a Nissan Micra um needing an upgrade and the only option you consider is a Ferrari. You know, there's loads and loads of there's yeah. loads and loads of there's loads. I think that was a pretty good analogy. You know, there's loads yeah. and loads of, of really good options. It's just he wanted that and it just feels like we are selling ourselves short this season. John here,
0: here's a con I'm gonna to add to your conundrum here because it's one that I I scratch my head over is why did we fight so hard to keep Coutinho when, you know, really at the end of the day, he's not going to make that much of a difference whenever our defense is leaking that much, you know, yes. Okay. He's an exceptional player. He's going to create and whatever. But when, when you haven't addressed the glaring issue, what's the point in fighting for the player? And, and, you know, like, you know, I know that this sounds weird, but, you know, I can sort of see maybe why, why Coutinho took the hump because, you know, you haven't invested in the right areas and now you're fighting to keep him. It, it, you know, it's ridiculous. I don't
1: know. I'm, I'm a bit dubious that uh, if we'd signed Van Dyke and Kedon, no, and Gatton, I, I, I think he still would have wanted yeah, to go to Barcelona. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely.
0: But, you know, at that, at that type of money, you could have gone then for a, for a plan B. You know what I mean? You, you could have... Look, I, I, I'm, and I'm talking a plan B for a defence. I don't care if he's, if he's a 30-year-old defender because at least it might teach that lot of clowns something. You know what I mean? A bit of experience, decent. but Mm. You don't need to go out and buy the. T- this is this is half the problem. You know, we had it with Gary McAllister um a, a long time ago, <laughs> nearly, nearly oh, near twenty years ago, um two thousand, and you know what that what that brought to that young team, and, and Klopp just seems devoid of, of of that kind of thinking. And you know, it was clear we had a You know, it was obviously clear to Liverpool long before it was clear to us. So there was no Van <laughs> Dyke movement. And I find it unforgivable that they couldn't even find a short, a short-term stop cap, and they'll not—they seem to refuse to do short-term stop caps
1: when they, they, they could be beneficial. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm—I'm I'm not going to defend in any way what we've done on the transfer market as regards centre backs. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I think the the Coutinho one's a different one. I think the Coutinho one was was for me. It was FSG saying, look. We didn't plan to sell you this summer and Barcelona are coming in here. Probably I had a plan. I think Liverpool was sort of looking at Coutinho probably in a year or so. Probably Barca. We knew then there was going to be an approach. Then Neymar happened and that sent everything spinning. It sent Barcelona spinning. They went about it in a very stupid way as well. I mean, they offered silly amounts, derisory amounts, and they lied about what the they were offering. And, I think Fenway were trying to make a point and say, Do you know what, we're not going to be bullied. We're going to show the supporters here that we're not we're not a selling club. I don't think that in any way changed anything with the centre-backs because I think, Dave, the money was there. We, we, this summer, we hadn't spent anything the previous summer. We're in the Champions League. I don't think in any way keeping continue changed anything. I think there's a large pot of money there. Klopp didn't want to compromise.
0: But you're throwing your season away, John. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we're sitting here. I, I My expectations are on the floor. we get fourth, we're doing really well. We'll get out of that Champions League group, we're doing really well. Beyond that, no expectations. And that's not really where we were, you know, four or five months ago, going into that window. It was the biggest window of our history and it was going to change everything. And, and here we are, it's Groundhog Day, and we're just treading water, you know, waiting for Naby Keita to come next season to maybe make a change. Who do we keep? Who do we lose? And, and it's not really where we expected to be, and I think that's the shock. Everything kind of went
2: up, as we discussed a couple of pods ago with the with the Neymar thing. Everything was ticking along quite nicely. I think the plan was for Coutinho to maybe go next year, and maybe maybe it had been formally agreed, maybe it hadn't, but everyone was talking about that. Nobody had any angst amongst Liverpool fans that there would be an approach this summer. Nobody thought he was going. Then all of a sudden, Neymar gets plucked, and the shit hits the fan, all all the um, all the plans go out the window. And you've got to fight to keep Coutinho. because if you if you don't get Van Dyke and you sell Coutinho in the same window, then you've got open revolt amongst the fans. And you don't want that at all. Of course, it does seem frustrating at the moment. We've come off to disappoint results. I'm still happy with the performance against Sevilla. Let's be honest, we we outplayed them. We were by far the better team in our first game in the Champions first League. The first
0: half were sensational, yeah, exactly. like, to, to be fair and give them credit. They were excellent.
2: We should have put them to bed, and that's the frustrating thing. And I think, to be honest, if Sevilla had given us... If, if we hadn't been so good, and it'd be more of a, more of a scrap, and we'd have uh, scored the second goal to, to get the equalizer, or we'd have scored... It, 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 we hadn't been so dominant in the game; it, it wouldn't seem like such a bad result. But the draw in that game is not a bad result in that group. So they are by far and away the hardest opponent we'll face. You should get out of that group no matter what. And uh, the way the, the way the result went last night, another draw. As you said earlier, it's really it was a free one at the end of the day. You haven't really lost anything there. But uh, I think it will. I think it will click for us. I, I don't. I don't. expect Players and particularly people like Gidi Man and, and and Roy Keane, they love to, to stick the knife in. And you know, at the end of the day, we may not get to exactly where we want to be this season, but I think we will get out of the group, and I think we we definitely in with a shout for top four because there's there's the number of times we're going to get in behind teams this season is you know uh, plus we plus we've got players who can do the you know play the create goals out of nothing like Man uh, on the on the first first day of the season. Just playing the link up on the edge of the box, playing the quick one, two, stopping a player and then going and getting around the back. We're gonna score goals. There's no doubt about that. We have to, we've left ourselves short at the back. God knows why. But we have. And that's something we've got to deal with and find a way around. And if it's by outscoring teams then then fair enough. I don't think you can write off the season in any way Uh, last season we didn't start particularly well but then we hit a purple patch, and it was disrupted by international breaks and injuries and so on and hopefully with a bit of luck we will hit that same kind of form and we we won't have it disrupted quite so quickly this year who knows what's to come Europe's kicking in now teams aren't going to be as fresh you're not going to have teams just steamrolling on a Saturday because they're also playing Wednesday they're also playing Thursday whatever so you know it all gets a bit interesting. So let's just see. I'm not panicking yet. Like, as I say, they were a very good performance against Sevilla. I understand the frustration, but I'm not really that negative about it.
1: I would second that. I think the performance was, by and large, excellent. I mean, the response to a, a, a ludicrous goal was excellent. We absolutely battered them. The movement was really good. Marino was causing havoc Uh he set up the the goal for Firmino. He then we had a brilliant counter attack. Keeper made a great save to get the the penalty. So there was so much going for us. I Think in the second half, um, I was I was watching it on DT, and Michael Owen made the point and I, and I did agree with him at halftime. He felt that you know Liverpool would keep up the momentum playing under the cop end. He, you know he felt that 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 will keep it going, but that never really happened. It was a strange second half and it was almost. We were containing them pretty comfortably. Um, I felt we weren't going gung ho. They, they seemed to be intent on, okay, if we get another here, that'll do. But they seemed happy. You know, the goal that does come, yes, there's a too big a gap. But I think it also needs to be said, the later was an outstanding goal, and some might say it was a lucky touch. But Corey's touch and the finish was, you know, that was absolutely. It was a world class bit of bit of football all the way he went through that gap with a touch and, and the finish. Um, I will say this as well, you know, we know where our gaps are. It is very worrying that Klopp I don't know, their stubbornness or maybe he knows that Van Dyke's coming in January, whatever it is. It's it's maddening that we've left ourselves in this position. Can't understand it. But I think we also need to be a real part of the team where we it's Sort of being glossed over, um, well not by you, Dave, because you've been calling it out, but also our lack of a number six, of a defensive midfield type player who's got a defensive brain, can sense danger and sniff it out. Um, Henderson just is not that player, and the amount of times that, you know is he droppable,
0: John? You, you know, is is he droppable? Because I got a feeling, you know, he he, he played for England. He's played nearly all of our games. We're told, you know, that with his heel injury that he has, he shouldn't be playing every game. Club just bailing on ahead. And that makes me wonder is he droppable? Well, to me,
1: he has to be droppable because I don't think Chan is an actually very defensive-aware player. But I think he's. Would got I play him the there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would too. I mean, I would too. I think he's got the football and intelligence to learn that role. I mean, personally for me, I think we should have been looking at. You know, West Ham were linked with, with, with William Carvalho. Seen, he, he was excellent the night before uh, for Sporting. He's exactly the type of player we need in there. A real blind spot. But if you watch that game again, and you know, if you watch that second half in particular, the amount of times we've got the shape in midfield and Henderson needlessly leaves that position. And, and he always does the- it.
2: He always does it. And he... You know, uh, he, he tries to tackle in this in this way that he's going to emerge with the ball every time, and that's fine. Uh, but when you miss that, and he misses it far too often, he's completely out of the game. He never exactly. makes, He never makes a tactical foul. He's just lost, and there is yeah. a massive hole behind him, and that's what's being exploited. And it's just, it's just. It's fucking it's it's maddening is the word you just used, but it absolutely is. It's infuriating. It happens. It happens on a regular basis, four, five, six times a game, maybe more. And yeah, I yeah. You can't you can't have that. You can't have it at all. Chan Chan is. I know what he says he's probably not naturally defensive minded, but he, he's just far brighter and reads the game far better than Henderson. To play that role I and mean, he, he should be playing it and we need you know we, we need to reject that you need play.
0: a top operator there whenever you consider the, the the two clowns that they're meant to be shielding you need to give them every chance and that's why i think henderson's coming even, for, for even more criticism um this week is because there is absolutely no protection every time he either loses the ball and puts them under pressure or he's completely out of position once they become under pressure and 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 it's just it seems it's very very apparent this season i don't know what's changed i don't know if, if something's changed with all that or whatever but it it's so so apparent maybe more so than it was last season maybe you agree
1: yeah listen he, he his instinct henderson's instinct is to run towards the ball and and try and that. Yeah. yeah, and listen, we were the winners in his best season. We were in Diamond. Stephen Jarrett is playing. Him and Continue were, uh, you know, in the, the, the middle part of the Diamond with Raheem Sterling playing at the tip of it. His role in that team was just to break forward, shuttle. break forward yeah. yeah, shuttle, exactly, and move the ball on and keep it simple and, you know, break into the box. And he, he never took too many touches that season. He was always, like, you know, quick movement and quick touches around the box. If you look at the game at Spurs that season, the five 0 that was Henderson probably the best he's ever played for Liverpool. He was doing everything really quickly. This position demands he's going to have a lot of the ball with time. He's going to receiving the ball off the centre back. So you need to be able to look up and defensive lines with your passing. You know, it's unfair maybe to compare him to the best in in the world, but ultimately, if you're playing at that level, a Champions League level, and that's a competition Liverpool won twelve years ago. You know, if you look at players like. Tony Cruz at uh, at El Madrid, or you look at players like you know Busquets at Barcelona, or even your Modric, these these type of players that dictate the game uh, from deep. Xavi Alonso, doing it you know previously for Bayern Munich, he does not have the brain, he doesn't have the ability uh, to make those passes. So that's one part of it he can't do. It. And then the other one is then. Um, Having that defensive discipline, and I will say this to people who think, you know, we're being maybe overly harsh on Henderson here. If you've still got that game recorded, watch the second half, watch how many times he leaves the pocket, he leaves that that quarterback position to go and try and win balls that he has no need no, to go yeah. and do.
0: No All chance of winning half the time. Like, no chance of winning. All he has to and do every is... every ho- time he passes forward, he's losing the ball as well, John. There's no, you know what I mean. He's uh, he, he was criticised last season for being a crab passing sideways, sideways. Now it's backwards. Every time he he passes forwards, he loses it. Yeah, his, his passing hasn't been
1: consistent. And you know, when he's as you say, Dave, and this is the big, the, you know, the key point. And and I think this is something. Our our centre backs aren't the best. Yeah, that's maybe a bit of an understatement. But when you're a centre back, uh, like last season, people are doing rave. You know, rave reviews like Michael Keane, who's at, uh, who's, at who's at Burnley last season. And listen, Michael Keane's a far like a better centre back than 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 Clavin or 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 Dejan Lovren. There's a no question about that. But when you're a centre back and you're playing deep with certain midfielders, and really your role is defend the 18 yard box, win your tackles, win your headers. You know, when Lovren was doing that at Southampton, where he had Schneiderlin and Wanyama sort of babysitting him, he, he looked a decent player. But the reality is when you want to move up a level, Liverpool do ask a lot of their of their centre-backs. We don't have very good centre-backs, so we're asking a lot of already players that are struggling, which is why we see so many errors. But at the very least, at least if we had someone in that six who was disciplined and could hold the position and could screen the back four and help them out a bit, that would be some comfort, but we don't have that at all. Uh, Dave, I know you love your rugby uh, and you you used to always say to me about the O'Gara and the monster team you always said defensively when they didn't have the ball, like a revolving door people just run, target them and run through and I feel a bit of that with uh, with Henderson, you know, teams know that if they run at the centre of us he is not going to be there shielding and teams are just getting through us too easy, They're getting at our back four too easy and it's a problem there's no doubt about it, it's a big, big problem and it's a big worry and that we need three goals <laughs> it seems like we need three goals to win to matches win yeah. Absolutely, yeah. we're going to
2: concede a your game at this rate um, against anybody half-decent Anyway, I mean, even
0: but then coaching needs to be needs to be questioned seriously. Like, what are they doing during the week? You know, surely this is the key area. This is this is where it's all going wrong. You know, we don't need to worry about the attack. It looks after itself. It looks fluid. The front three look a very very fluid unit, and I've no qualms about it. But it's, it's it's leading up to that, and surely, look, this is Jurgen Klopp, and and he's a he's a bloody good manager. He he's considered a world class manager. Surely it's in his toolbox to be able to come up with some kind of a resolution, or to say, you know what, you boys, your, your time's gone, I, I'm going to have to go with you, and he's done it in the past, why is he not doing it now, Neil? Yeah, well, I
2: mean, he's left what he's, he's left himself in, he's left us, we are left in his position now, I mean, so, we don't have an abundance of central of midfielders, so, what are we going to do? He's going to stick with Henderson, um, Coutinho is to come back, obviously, um, and the idea certainly the talk and the idea seems to have been and seems to be to play him in that midfield three so for me it would be it drops out people seem to think it would be them but I think those um,
0: I even saw Emery being being touted as the one that's, that, that misses out and, and I just had my hands to my head absolutely
2: no way I mean Emery Chan is, is the best central midfielder we've got by by some distance I would say yeah, I mean, you you drop Coutinho in there, but it's not going to happen for the next three games anyway because Mane suspended. So you don't mind is just going to take Mane's place in the in the front three. And uh, I mean, unless you switch it around, you switch it around, and you you bridge in somehow and drop Coutinho back, but that probably then would need a change in the system because you probably want to play with two up front if Sturridge is going to play because he's never really that good as the 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 nine. Uh, well, leading the line on his own he's always better in it too so I don't know if he's if he's going to go that far otherwise short of playing Milner at central midfield or, or throwing Grouch in, which isn't going to happen who else do you play there? So Henderson's going to be playing uh, certainly for the next three games and, and I don't know onwards we'll have to see hopefully um, we can find a, a, a good balance in there to have it function better than it is because our spine is, is weak and that's a problem and that's why we're not winning games even though we're scoring goals. If you've got a weak spine, then you're always vulnerable because you're always going to concede goals because it's going to be too easy. The chances that are... Yeah, we say, okay, they two shots they're shot on target, they score the close. You can say, oh, clinical finish or whatever. The point is the chances that they were given and handed uh, created themselves, fair enough, the last one, but collective switching off again. Um, they were they were what what you call nine out of ten chances, you know. They they weren't gonna miss them. Um they would have been huge misses. They were clear-cut as you like. So those are the kind of chances you give up when your spine is, is as weak as heart. That's talked about with Henderson there. You've got gaping holes in front of a weak. Defense, a weak central defensive partnership. Fullbacks have come in for here and there. Moreno often gets stickies. He's a bit of an open board. But for me the problem is through the middle. um, And that hasn't been addressed. So I don't know why he hasn't addressed it. As we've said, uh, we just have to hope that we, we hit the formula up front and start being a bit more ruthless. Because to be honest, if you're 3-0 up, 20 minutes into a game, it, it, it doesn't matter. Because the opposition's given up. And that's what really happened in that in that run we had in in thirteen fourteen. We we were just blowing away in, in twenty minutes, half an hour, and it was done. And uh, if you do that, then it doesn't matter. It's fine because you may concede one or two, but you'll probably score four, five, six.
0: No, I hear you. And and another point I want to cover, uh, John, I'll come to you first on it. Is is the goalkeeping situation? You know what, what we've seen the two goalkeepers in the last two games. Yeah. Um, my pre- my preference would be Karius, to be honest with you, on, on the basis of what I've seen. Just surely down to distribution. I think at the weekend, at my big complaint with Mingley, who, who bizarrely got our man of the match, the beggar's belief, but but that seems to be the the consensus of opinion, um, you know, he, he didn't hit a red shirt all day, with with sort of wild agricultural swings of the boot, <laughs> at least Carius finds a red shirt here and there, you know what I mean uh, and, and, you know, again a bit like the Joel Gomez call that I made on, on uh, you know, with Lovren at least he may learn from his mistakes whereas you feel Mengele's just, it's just Groundhog Day for him, you know
1: I agree, um,
0: and I've said that's
1: this before that, Carrius is a funny one because you mentioned. Karius. Of course, all the people that never watch Liverpool or re- rarely watch us so will all go, "Oh yeah, he's a he's a dodgy keeper," and I'm sort of sitting going, "Well, why? Well, you know, where's your evidence? He he, he dropped a ball at Bournemouth that was a really high profile goal. It was a game we were three one up and we were cruising, and they came back and beat us four three. So it was high profile, and the last goal. He spills it and they score. He's not really seen again. Then there's a game against West Ham where they cut us open through the middle. That was a game I can remember him playing again. Not really any, you know, there wasn't really anything in that. Arsenal, yeah, listen, he dallies a bit in the ball. There's a couple of times where, he, you know, he's he's, he's played a bit and it looks dodgy. But I think Manule has had so much time to make his own. He's never really convinced. He had a good end of last season. He did have a really good sort of three months where he was quite solid. But then opening day against Watford, he's back to being the same old Minute where crosses like corner's coming in and it's in his it's it's five yards out and the boy's walking on their ball five yards out and heading it in and he should be there. He should but be
0: put just- on you know, if you hit a ball out of your out of your box ten times You'd like to think you're going to hit a red shirt at least once. And this is my complaint. And on Saturday, not once did I see him find a yeah. red shirt. Car- Carius, uh, for the European game, was consistently hitting red shirts. And when you've got a shitty defence and very little in front of it, you want to get the ball to your men, surely. Yeah, well,
1: there's two things. Carius, really you know, we don't know when the shop's stopping because it's still it. crap. A lot of the games we've seen carry us in, like Arsenal, and, and even last night, he's had very little to do from a shot perspective. So we haven't really seen a shot stop. Him. Two things where he's clearly and shoulders above Minuli: One, the speed off his line. And two, his distribution. There was at least two, maybe three instances last night where he caught the ball. He threw it maybe 30, 40 yards and set up attacks. Mignole cannot do that. You know, the amount of times you've seen Mignole try to do a big throw and do distribution, it's just not in his well, mind. Dally
0: before he even throws it, John, as well.
1: Carius was very sharp getting it out. He is indeed. He, he is indeed. And for that reason, you know, I think Mignole has had his time. He's had long enough to try and cement that. He can never have a complaint. You know, he, he cannot say to anyone, I haven't been given a fair crack of the whip here. He's been given more than a fair crack. He's, he's been found wanting too often. For me, I don't like this changing about. If it was me, (laughs) then again, if it was me, I would have bought probably two centre backs and a number six in the summer. Um, But I, but I would play Carrius, and and I don't agree with swap. And I know, you know, I seen Rio Ferdinand on last night, and he did make a good point when he said, you know, those name me a team that swaps the keepers that wins leagues, you know, name me a team. That do that, you know, it's all based on that good understanding, the back four and the keeper and he, he is right that you need to stick, and if it was me I'd stick with Karius, because I think there's there's more there that's, that would be my take on it
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all of pretty much the same mind Mignolet hasn't convinced as John said patches of, of decent form but that's not really good enough at all if you want to be Liverpool's goalkeeper if we've got... Um, designs on on
0: things
2: and improving and becoming a, a, a true force again. So, give Carris just 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 put him in. Uh, I can see why he's um, he's kind of uh, dipping his toe in the water with him this season because he sort of got hung out to dry a bit last season. Um, you know, it couldn't have been good for his confidence uh, in his first season, his first year in the Premier League, and so on. But um, in the long term, stylistically, Carris is the is the keeper we need. I can understand, as Johnny said, there have been one or two kind of moments that have looked bad for him. But all in all, Man had far more and <laughs> far more calamitous moments, uh, costly moments, and more for the long run. I think his, his distribution is far better. I think his starting position is far better. Uh, he comes off his line far better. He's much much better with his feet. If you want to uh, play that way, which my club wants his keepers to play. He helps us press. He helps us keep teams penned in uh, because of his starting position. It, it's a no brainer for me. Um, I, at the end of the day, people always shit the bed with a new keeper because it is new. And, you know, it's one of those positions. If you make a mistake or something, it is, it is highlighted. But you've got to give the chance to make a couple of mistakes and bed in. Grovelar is an example. There have been many, many others down the years. De Gea is, is, is an example with United. Who's become one of the best? Van der Sar um, was bombed out of of UVA, um, not deemed good enough. Spent years at Fulham, ended up being one of the best in in the, in the Premier League, uh, winning winning titles and and the like. So you know you've got to, you've got to give them a, a chance. Uh, nobody remembers Grobelard's first season or whatever because they remember you know the five years, the four years where we where we won leagues, where we won FA Cups. Where he where we won chap uh, Euro, European Cups where he was an integral part of the squad uh, the team so I mean that that's how it goes um, I would absolutely go with with Karius. and if that doesn't work then I think we need to to buy a new keeper because if carius
0: doesn't work and it isn't an improvement on Minulay then neither of them are good enough. Mm. see, I grew up on a stable diet of, of good goalkeepers with Liverpool. You know, it was Ray Clemens was the first one, like you know, and, and so reliable. And and it just seems that we just can't seem to buy a keeper for love nor money at the minute. You know, and we had one, and in my uh,
2: like, okay, with uh, was my first Liverpool keeper, and from then since then, I mean, we we've, we've not had you call maybe Pepe Reina for three three seasons. But but that's Gravelar it. Grubbler was dodgy as
0: fuck. Like Grubbler was not a conventional I, I, goalkeeper. He was not dodgy I, 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 <laughs> at all. Dodgy,
2: mad even. Um, but successful and you know remembered as you know in his rightful place is integral part of of champion uh, championship winning teams. But David James, we had we had Sander Vesterveld, we had. Yurti Dudek, we've had Pepe Reina, we've had um, over those those years, we've had uh, Kirkland, we've had um, the other one, the other young one, I can't remember the name of now. Um, We've been through keepers and we've never for about three seasons, we haven't had a truly top goalkeeper. We've had keepers that have been capable of brilliance, like Dudek in the Champions League final, capable of big moments but also capable of, of of dropping them over the line. I mean,
0: and all You can keep- carry that, Neil. You can carry that if you've got a defence. I think that's the difference. If you look at the, you, our defences over the years, and we talk about those keepers, the difference was that they had actual defenders in front of them. Yeah,
2: actual defenders play, who, who played together regularly, although, to be fair, David James had... Uh, was it David James? who yeah, had Julian Dix
1: first. And, and, and <laughs> <Racer Ruddock. laughs>
2: so, I mean, um, but even even David James, after he left, who went on to, to have a you know, he, he was always known as he'll forever be known to me as Calamity James, but
0: he went on to have a, a very, very good career and play for a number of Premier Leagues. You call him Calamity James, but I, I think Mingle is worse, I truly do. Oh, absolutely,
2: absolutely, but that, that's the point,
0: you know, David James was. was
2: Regarded as, as a poor Liverpool keeper, um, certainly one that made far too much mistakes. But Mignolet is worse. Um, and that's why I say if Carius can't come in and make it his own, then uh, we need to, to upgrade. We need a better keeper. But I would definitely give carries the chance. I think he does have what it takes. I think, Sa- I think he's, he's right for us. I think he's the kind of keeper, obviously, the club wanted. He went out and signed him, made a point, started him. Then pulled him and you know we, we discussed that last year whether that was the right decision but that's what happened. I think now this is the way of feeling about
0: it. Well here let let's to close out here just let's cast our mind forward to uh, to the weekend and and you know John what changes do you see? Who do you see a goalkeeper number one and, and do you see Henderson obviously Coutinho comes in
1: for you. Well what do you see? I think the weekend's gonna be an interesting one. Um you know we're we're coming into this phase we've got the league, we've got Leicester uh, and midweek as well, so it'll be. I think we'll get a good idea of where Klopp's heads that way. A bit of the rotation. Um, I think Coutinho has to come in. He absolutely has to come in. Given what we're going to expect from the opposition, you know, we're going to expect Burnley to be Burnley. You know, they're going to show up. They're. Go- I don't know if they'll go with the, with the two the two big target men. You know that they did. Uh, they had Chris Wood and Vokes, Sam Vokes played. I watched I watched a lot of that game at the weekend. You know, they're two big physical players. I, I doubt they'll come to I doubt very much they'll come to Anfield and play the two of them. Um, I think they'll leave one man up front and try to, you know, try and get him to hold the ball up. Probably would and play off him. Um, Coutinho has to play because if there's a team sitting deep. You know the guys in the field are going to get a bit of time. Because they'll be back in office, and I, you want continue there. I think it's really interesting what Neil said around. You know, it'll, it'll be fascinating to see what Klopp does. So there, he can do it a couple of ways. He can simply put you know continue in for for Mane. I'm not upset about that much. You know, leave Firmino and, and Salah, um, but he may be demand. You know, other things like. You know, does he maybe just play Sturridge be on the right side of the three, um, and move Salah across to the left, and and play continue in midfield? You know, replacing one of the guys that's in there. Personally, I I'd, I'd replace Henderson, and I'd, I'd and I'd play Chan. I would even you know, Wijnaldum. He, he might want to rotate him. He might want to play Oxley, Chamberlain, even Milner. Who knows in that in that position? Might get a look at Robertson. Realistically,
0: again. John, who starts the weekend here? You don't really want to see midweek against Leicester in the League Cup. Like that's a tough competition. We shouldn't be even considering this season. I think that's where Oxide Chamberlain
2: may get a start, like his first start. I think that that gave an opportunity for the rotation for the rest of of players. But I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see Henderson drop out at the weekend, just just on the basis of the fact that it, it would be the the three games in in seven days. And we know with his injury, maybe he can't quite do that. Like So that might be interesting if Henderson does drop out. But with Manny, out, I think he might be just to to switch Coutinho straight in and just go see him team again, pretty much.
1: Yeah, he might do that. He might do that. Um, to me, one, one of the things I think, if, if Sturridge is going to get game time at all in the league, to me, this is the type of game. I mean, he, I think he played Sturridge in the home game with Palace. I think he might you might see him approach this like Palace, where he left Salah. He rested Salah and he played storage. and um, I think um, personally for me this is the type of game you probably Sturridge is quite useful in because the um, main strength that Manny and Salah have is getting in behind people you know you can play that ball in behind over the top or whatever way and they will get on the end of it they're lightning uh, there's going to be very very little space Behind Burnley, you know, they're going to be coming with absolutely defending the 18-yard box. They're not going to be leaving anything behind. They're going to be looking to frustrate and frustrate. And I think against that type of team where it's not about the pace getting behind, what you want is that bit of guile in the box, someone with a bit of quick feet that can just make a half yard and stick the ball in the corner of the net. To me, this is why it's the perfect game for, for someone like Sturridge. So I hope Sturridge plays. I would like to see Sturridge come in as part of that front three. And I would like to see, see Tini play in midfield because I think the guys in midfield will actually get a bit of time because they're going to back off. So that's what i do. Uh, but it'll give us a lot of idea of what well, Klopp's going to approach these games. As they get the Palace, he played Sturridge, he, he threw Robertson in. Um, and Robertson had a great game that day. So um, I, I think we'll see Sturridge start, Um I, I think he, he'll go with that and give him some game time.
2: What I would love to see would be... Um... As Johnny said, Sturridge coming into the front three. I, I can't see um, can't see Salah being left out purely for the fact purely for the for the reason Mane's out, so he's not on any pace. Um, so I think he will play. And I, I think said there being no space really in behind, but he still will have a, a bit of pace on the pitch. Um, but what I would love to see would be Henderson to drop out, Coutinho to come in, midfield and us to play a diamond. With Coutinho and on the sides, chances and De and Firmino at the tip of it, with Sturridge and Salah uh, in front of him, um, that for me would, would be would give Burnley a lot of problems. I think um, they are going to come to frustrate. So what you've got, you've got your two players up front, uh, you've got Coutinho and Firmino on the pitch, and you've 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 got the the person you really want to be playing the number six at number six. Plus you get your chance to rest Jordan Henderson who can then, um, if he wants, he can play he can him at midweek against Leicester as one of the experienced players. You'd imagine there will be a lot of rotation in that game. you imagine you see the likes of Solanke. You'd probably see Milner play. you know, you probably see Robertson play and so on. So there will be quite a few changes in that. So maybe you want one or two experienced heads uh, on the pitch for that. So that's what I would ideally like to see. I don't know if it's going to happen because we had the conversation around Henderson earlier. Does he? Does he start him? Is he droppable, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, so it might be, as I said earlier, of, of just going. Man, I saw Coutinho in, but I can see, yeah, I can see Trent probably coming back in at right back. You probably see Moreno starting at left back, uh, given that it's Burnley and as you said, they're they're going to be camped pretty deep. Um, so not much need for a defensive left back, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but yeah, I think that. By the way, what I like to see is, is the 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 diamond, as I said, with with Henderson dropping out, Coutinho and coming in, up front. But it may well just be like for like.
1: That's a good shout, Neil. Actually, I mean, when you say that team and that formation, I I like that. I like the sound of that. I think that's a, uh, you know, you would have the movement and you would have the. You know, we have players there to, to really yeah. play that well, and, and you would the best out of storage as well. I think doing that, so it's an interesting one. Be interesting to see if he does it.
2: Would be nice. Like, just think it. Um, you've you've got the threat there, and you've got um, you've got your best players essentially on the pitch. Um, you give them a lot to worry about. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I hope. We have to win. This is an absolutely must-win now because of the way the last two games have gone. Yeah, like you're
0: it. stealing my thunder. I was going to say all I want to see is three points. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry about that, man. But yeah, um, it's an absolutely must-win game now. Burnley, is it? Yeah. Or is it no, home? It's home? It's at home, oh, well, and and uh, but that that felt that, that's bad um, because Burnley are, are generally pretty poor away from home. I know they beat Chelsea on the open day, but. By all accounts, Chelsea were in. fact, I watched the game. Chelsea didn't show up that day. Bit of luck then. We, we should go on and win this. But it, it is uh, it is absolutely imperative now that we do. Because drop points here. And, you know, we really will start getting, start, we'll start getting the idiots out back, won't we?
0: I think they're already out. I really, I really do think they're already out. But listen, I think that we'll, we'll just leave it at that point, lads. And before we go, as usual, run around the table, John. Where can we find you? Anything you want
1: to plug? If nothing, fine. Nothing at all that I want to plug, Dave. You'll find me on Twitter as always at, at Tubermat So anybody wants to come on and talk about Liverpool, just give me a wee follow.
0: Indeed, and they, the same yourself. Where, where can we find you? Uh, I'm not even going to ask. Yeah, <laughs>
2: no, same, same. Just on Twitter at the moment. So at
0: the 1980. If if you could be bothered, it's not fair enough. Uh, otherwise you'll just here. Uh, that listen that's grand just thanks again for your time lads as always much much appreciated From WFI just check out the pods that are out there's been very little due to my disaster this week but it uh, should be back to normal uh, for, for the following week and I say we should have another copcast after the Burnley game so stay tuned for that and just one last thanks to the guys one last thanks to the listener and it's goodbye